good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with the daily COVID numbers. There were 229 new COVID-19 fatalities and 18,501 new cases over the past 24 hours, the public health minister reported on Thursday morning. There were 18,362 cases in the general population and 139 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 20,606 COVID-19 patients recovered and were discharged from hospital. The seven-day average for testing now stands at 50,679. So we definitely are seeing a trend downwards in relation to COVID-19 infections. And it's good to see we're seeing a lot of people who are now being discharged from hospital, though the testing rate to me has been pretty stagnant at around 50,000, which kind of shows they're not really testing above anybody who's a close contact or somebody who may think they actually have COVID-19. Now the first story of the day, private sector proposes Bangkok sandbox model. That's right, another sandbox. Thailand's private sector is proposing a Bangkok sandbox model, hoping for the reopening of businesses, but with customers limited to vaccinated people. According to Senan Ankanabon, president of the Thai Chamber of Commerce, the private sector has proposed three measures to reopen businesses, including standards such as SHA+, promoting businesses following guidelines for coronavirus protection, and a 70% vaccination rate among staff. The SHA Plus model is currently being used in the Phuket Sandbox project. The second proposal is to use a digital health pass for clients who are vaccinated using the Public Health Ministry's database and accepting clients who can show the results of an ATK test so that those who can do so feel free to use the services of those businesses. The proposed digital health pass can be used with vaccinated people whose details are recorded in the Doctor Ready or Mopram application, which applies to those who registered themselves for jabs provided by the government. The third proposal is to begin a pilot project in certain retail businesses which declare themselves ready for the reopening and are capable of strictly following the measures. As for the industrial sector, the factory sandbox model is already in use to isolate infected workers and vaccinate them to increase confidence in the export sector. Now this leads into our next story which is the ministry is proposing limited resumption of dine-in services. The public health ministry is seeking approval from the CCSA to allow restaurants to reopen to fully vaccinated diners as new infections have declined in the past few days. The COVID-19 situation appears to be improving. Certain restrictions should therefore be lifted, said Kittipum Wangkrajit, Permanent Secretary for the Public Health on Tuesday. The ministry will ask the CCSA to reconsider allowing restaurants to offer dine-in services with certain restrictions, he said. For instance, a restaurant would only be allowed to fill half of its maximum capacity to enable social distancing, he said. Other outdoor businesses, as well as fitness and sports clubs, will be next to reopen. Once reopened, restaurants, shopping malls and other businesses will be required to adopt a COVID-free approach in their trade. They will be required to set aside enough space on their premises to allow social distancing and ensure adequate ventilation. They must assist their staff to get vaccinated and regularly test them for COVID-19. The Department of Disease Control is now mapping out the details of the latest COVID-19 restrictions easing plan. So this is the Bangkok sandbox that they are now trying to create. I think it's fair to say they're going down the line of vaccinated customers only. 
Now, this is nothing to do in relation to international tourism. This is all to do with domestic Thai citizens, Thai expats, people resident in Thailand. Now, it would be one thing if you're going to go down this line and you had 80 to 90% of your population vaccinated or fully vaccinated, but they're not even close to that right now. It doesn't seem like it's a very smart idea and you're going to be excluding a whole lot of people. I know that many places around the world are going down this line of vaccinated customers so they can dine indoors. But I think we need to look at it a little, little bit closer and what exactly we're getting ourselves into. Some people just can't get a vaccine. Maybe they have an allergy, maybe they have conditions. What about those people? Are they to be excluded from society? There's a certain portion of people who refuse to get vaccines. And personally, if that's your choice, then that's the choice you take and you have to live with those consequences. But there are people who are medically unable to take it. And I'd love to know what is going to happen with them. Also, I just can't see Bangkok businesses going down this route. They can barely not serve alcohol on a holy day. So how are they meant to implement this? And exactly what financial help will be given in relation to this? You see, there has to be a method rather than just showing a piece of paper or a certificate. There has to be some kind of a scanning method or, or something to know exactly how many people have gone in so the government can keep track of what's going on. It just can't simply be, well, you have to do it like this and well, after that, it's up to you. That's not going to work if you're going to go down this line. So it has to be regimented. It has to be technology focused. And I just don't think they're ready for that. Everybody wants to reopen and that's the problem. And they're eager to reopen because they need to make money again and we can all understand that. Personally I think they just need to do things slowly. Forget about this vaccination pass to go in and have a bite to eat and all this stuff. You're creating a very strange society when you go down that road. I think that once people or you get up to this 70% kind of herd immunity, 70% of the population and once your staff are vaccinated I think it's fair to say it's okay to open up, have a bite to eat in a restaurant, go into a shopping mall. But we Do we really want to head to a society where we're all holding our phones to scan a QR code to head into the cinema or to go and have, you know, a bite to eat or go to the shopping mall or go to the gym or get your hair cut? Something's wrong with all that too. We also need to take a step back a little bit from it and think to ourselves that this is not a step that we want to go to. A year ago, when they start talking like this, people were laughing about it. Oh, this will never happen. I remember reading about it and... and hearing interviews about it oh don't worry this will never happen with vaccines or anything where people would be excluded from doing things but it is actually starting to happen and a lot of things that people spoke about back then are becoming reality what i want to do is ask you guys out there what do you think the proper response is to trying to create a, a community where people can live safely but also that you don't trample on people's rights and human rights as well. I mean, if we look at the World Health Organization, they would be very anti this COVID pass. They say this is not the way you should go down in society. We should encourage everybody to get vaccinated, but we should not discriminate against people either. And I'd love to know what you think about this topic. Would it deter you from coming to Thailand if you knew that this kind of regimented, this kind of thing was going on in restaurants, shopping malls, gyms, salons, etc.? Would, would you think twice about coming to a country where they discriminate against vaccinated versus unvaccinated people? I'd love to know your thoughts down in the comment section. Now, our next story is a story that has been even on the front of the BBC News at the moment. Police hunt for ex-cop on the run. Police have launched a manhunt for a former police station chief who allegedly killed a drug suspect while attempting to extort from him 2 million baht while in police custody, National Police Chief Suat Jang-suk said yesterday. 
Police Colonel Titusan Yukapapon, formerly the superintendent of Mwang Police Station in Nakansawan, disappeared three days ago before a video clip of him committing torture and trying to extort money from the suspect was released on social media on Tuesday, said Police Colonel General Suat. The clip made headlines and prompted the Prime Minister Priyat Chanacha on Tuesday to order the police to investigate the incident that reportedly led to the man's death by suffocation. The dead suspect was on Wednesday identified as 24-year-old Chirapong Tanapiat. The seven police allegedly involved in Chirapong's death have been dismissed from their positions and arrest warrants have been issued. The suspects, five of whom have already been detained, now face five charges for dereliction of duty, torture and murder. The officers were all from the same station. The police are seeking cooperation from their counterparts in neighbouring countries in attempts to locate him in case he has already fled the country. On Tuesday, lawyer Sitika Bia Bankard posted a clip on his Facebook page in which a police officer putting a plastic bag over the head of a man who was wearing a yellow t-shirt. Other police were present. The clip showed Chittaprong resisting. The lawyer said he obtained a clip from a junior police officer who sought his help in forwarding the clip to the national police chief. The junior officer asked the lawyer to follow up on this case before he and his fellow officers were killed, he said. After the Nakansawan Provincial Court approved arrest warrants on Wednesday, police began searching locations where Colonel Titasan might have been, including his luxury house in Kanayao district in Bangkok. Found at police colonel's Titasan 60 million baht house were 29 luxury cars worth more than 100 million baht in total, said a source. Two Myanmar caretakers told police that the police colonel usually stayed at the house only at weekends, mostly alone but sometimes with his girlfriend. Immigration police at the border checkpoints have been alerted to the possibility of the suspect attempting to flee the country. Although all border checkpoints are closed due to the COVID-19 situation, cargo trucks are still allowed to cross the border. The immigration police now seek cooperation from other security authorities in stepping up patrols along borders and at sea for fear the suspect may attempt to sneak out of the country to a forest trail or by sea. Meanwhile, the state-run hospital, which issued a death certificate for the dead drug suspect, has defended their findings that methamphetamine poisoning was the cause of death. The hospital said it wasn't a final conclusion as they are still waiting for blood tests to find out the exact levels of methamphetamine in his system. The results are expected next week. The hospital said said that a forensic examination was conducted on August 7th after Chirapong was referred from a private hospital to the hospital on August 5th. Chirapong died on August 6th, it said. The private hospital was informed that the man fell and lost consciousness while he was running away from police who were chasing him during a drug crackdown. This story would seem unbelievable in a normal country, but it's Thailand, so this just actually seems normal with no great surprise that something like this was going on. The questions to me that need to be asked is how many times has he done it before and whether or not he's actually murdered and killed people before. Because the ease at which he did it in front of CCTV, knowing that there's CCTV cameras there, he did it very easily. It seemed like he had no fear of ever being caught. So I wonder, has this been a regular occurrence at this police station? What we need to point out is a couple of things. If that video did not surface on the 24th or 25th, whenever it was, this guy would have gotten away with murder because only for that video, nothing was going to happen to this guy. Now, remember, the incident happened on August 6th. Between August 6th and August 24th, nothing happened. Nothing had happened in the station. Get on with your life. It's all over. Then the video got dropped on social media. And of course, then suddenly the police 
big brass, the Prime Minister, all jumped into action. The first thing that was done is he's been fired. Well, surely if you had a video of a guy murdering a suspect, he should be fired. That should be the last thing you need to talk about. You should be talking about arrest warrants. This guy's had three weeks to plan his escape out of Thailand, and he seemed to have plenty of time to get the hell out. Because I can guarantee you, he's certainly not in Thailand right now. Now, this is the lowest creep scumbag there is. And unfortunately, yet again, the police image in Thailand has been brought down to a new low. It's already at a low, but it's gone down to a new low. And it does put doubt in your mind to when they get confessions, how they are getting these confessions from people. It's an absolute disgrace what has happened. Now, what I don't understand as well is how a guy who's a police officer, right, who's making maybe 60, 70,000 baht per month has not come on the radar yet from the National Anti-Corruption Commission for a guy who's got more cars than race car drivers. Now, I have a list of the cars here in front of me, right? I'll read out some of them that he has. Currently, there's 29 cars on the list. And we're looking at what I can see about seven or eight Mercedes-Benzes three or four Mini Coopers, a Ferrari 488 GTB, a Lamborghini Aventor LP7204, a Bentley Continental, a Porsche 911 Carrera 4S. Oh, he's got a Toyota Corolla. That just must be for the Saturday going to Tesco for his shopping. Another Porsche 911 Carrera S Coupe PDK. I mean, this guy has more cars than, as I said, a used car lot. How he has not come under any radar? Well, of course, because he's protected. Now, I've also read that these guys get 40% commission when they when they seize cars and they're resold. Talk about a conflict of interest. What is wrong with the Thai police? Incentives to, to, to you know, impound cars so they can get the money when they're sold? This is just nuts. And I suppose it would be the same with narcotics as well. I mean, th- this is just corruption at the highest level. Now, it seems that this guy has really taken prominence over the last seven or eight years, since about 2014, when the coup happened in Thailand and our good general Prayut came into power. Now, he is the guy, by the way, who's promised reform of the police department, which has never happened. He's been all talk, but never a single thing has happened. Surely, I mean, in some countries, this would be enough to bring down the government. Because I can guarantee you, this guy will never be caught. He will end up shallow grave somewhere, because this guy knows far too much. This goes way above him. People have to know what this guy had been up to. And this goes way up the chain. And there is no way this guy will ever get to trial. I can guarantee you that. Never. He will either never be found. He's escaped. He's had his plan. Or if he's caught, he will not be brought back to a police station. He'll have had a misunderstanding with an accident and a gun. Or something along those lines. This guy is not coming back. 100%. But I mean, it just shows you how corrupt. It's a no wonder people don't trust the police in this country. And they have nobody else to blame but themselves because they refuse to reform and to cut out all the corruption that runs through it. It's really terrible. Terrible for Thai people, you know, to know that this is what's going on in their country and they seem powerless to do anything about it. Now, up next, US travellers turning to quarantine-free holidays. Travel requirements for fully vaccinated travelers are the greatest obstacle for the U.S. market as its key competitors such as Caribbean destinations offer less complicated conditions to lure tourists back, said New York Office of the Tourism Authority of Thailand. 
Santi Sawancharan, director of TAT's New York office, said U.S. travelers have shifted their preference towards quarantine-free beach destinations, especially the Caribbean and the Maldives, instead of the previously popular Europe and Canada. Mr. Santi said most tour operators are focusing on countries that are fully open without requiring quarantines, such as the Caribbean. Some of them perceive those Asian nations are still largely closed for tourism, so they suggest tourists avoid them until the end of August. With the attempt to differentiate Phuket Sandbox and Samui Plus from the whole country yet to bring positive results, Mr. Santi said the 7 plus 7 island hopping scheme will add more travel options. He said that even if the US Center for Disease Control and Prevention warned their citizens against traveling to Thailand, individuals could still go there. However, restrictions during trips such as compulsory COVID-19 tests pose a more critical challenge for this market. The certificate of entry applications are growing, but have not significantly increased, Mr. Santi said. Moreover, tourists have to consider other factors such as the incident in Phuket and the political climate. As of August 24th, the US market was the biggest source of international arrivals for the Phuket Sandbox, providing 3,222 travelers out of a total 24,190 tourists from all countries, according to the Immigration Phuket Sandbox report. He said the Canadian market also sees travel requirements as obstacles, particularly numerous and costly COVID tests. Canada has had to endure long lockdowns, which has hit the financial well-being of its citizens. Mr. Santi said Canada is currently facing a fourth wave despite a high vaccination rate at 73% of the population. The long-haul travel options will not be a priority as Canadian travellers tend to be more cautious in their spending than the US market. A total of 79% of Canadians who told the survey will definitely or probably travel to destinations that accept vaccinated tourists in the next 12 months, while only 38% plan to travel in the next 1-3 to months according to the COVID-19 Consumer and Agency Survey from July 2021 by Travel Week, a Canada-based travel news source. Mr. Santi said travel to Thailand from this market is expected to rebound next year once travel restrictions are relaxed. Well, Mr. Santi, you seem to be doing some reading because you obviously have listened to what people have told you, and hopefully your bosses in the TAT might listen to you. Travelers are not interested in certificates of entry, as we said, and multiple COVID-19 tests. They want something easy. They have a few weeks for holiday, and they don't want to spend it at a hospital being ripped off with expensive COVID tests. And that's it. Now, we've gone through this many, many times, and I think most of us agree on the way to open. Full approval soon for Pfizer COVID vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration have asked Pfizer for more information about its COVID-19 vaccine and expects to give it full authorization for its regular use soon after it was approved for emergency use on June 24th. FDA Secretary General Paisarn Dunkum on Tuesday invited Pfizer to submit the additional information. This follows the decision on Monday by the Food and Drug Administration of the United States to fully authorize the administration of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. The US FDA said emergency use as a condition for its administration administration to people aged 12 to 15 years. Dr. Paisarn said that if Pfizer now submitted his application for full registration approval in Thailand, his agency could complete the process within 30 days. If approved, it will be a general vaccine, like the avian flu vaccine, that hospitals can purchase directly from suppliers, he said. With the June 24th emergency use approval, the government ordered 30 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine for delivery this year and would buy 50 million more doses next year. It expects the first shipment next month. The mRNA-based vaccine is regarded by many as the most efficient choice to counter the often deadly SARS-CoV-2 virus, including the Delta strain. Dr. Paisarn said the FDA would first approve the vaccine for people aged 16 years and more. It would be ready to lower the minimum age to 12 years if there was enough evidence to support it, he said. The US FDA 
approved the use on people aged 16 and over but still keeps the emergency use condition on children aged 12 to 15 so we will initially follow the same procedure he said with full approval the Pfizer vaccine will be available directly to hospitals which will not have to acquire it through any government agency a condition for COVID-19 vaccines registered for emergency use said Dr. Pysern this is actually a very very good thing if Pfizer apply for full use within Thailand we will no longer have to go through this GPO for the ordering the contract signing and all the stuff that goes on with it hospitals will be able to directly go to Pfizer and suppliers and get it for themselves and this would hopefully make it more readily available within Thailand no longer will we have to wait for the government to import it sign contracts that take six to seven months and people might be able to get a better choice of vaccine for themselves now incidentally I have been doing a bit of research about vaccines and for people here in Thailand here's some interesting information did you know the AstraZeneca CM Bioscience, which is made in Thailand, the AstraZeneca produced here, is not World Health Organization approved and therefore is not accepted in Europe or the UK, the USA, Canada and many other countries. Some countries do accept it, such as France and Germany, but they are few and far between. I looked this up recently because I had considered going home for maybe a month to visit my family and after looking at it and realizing that well actually nobody's approved it. I then went on to the AstraZeneca Thailand website where they explained that they will in the future apply for emergency use which is what they've done with the ones made in Japan, Korea, Australia and other countries around the world but yet they have not done it with the Thailand AstraZeneca. So that's just a little bit interesting news for you. Maybe you've been thinking about going home and you're all AstraZeneca up and you know you think it'll be approved. Well, more than likely it won't be unless you're going to France or Germany. And finally, some Phuket news. Since the last show, Phuket reported 350 new COVID-19 infections. Five were from the Sandbox program. The rest were community transmissions. We had 298 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on two Singapore Airlines flights, one El Al and one Guatar Airways. 262 travelers tested negative for COVID during their second test with one testing positive, while there were no reported infections in testing on day 12. Since the first day of July, 24,414 travelers have avail of the Sandbox program. In other Phuket news, Phuket requests 470,000 new vaccine doses as booster shots. The Phuket provincial government has filed a formal request for 470,000 doses of COVID vaccine to provide as a third booster jab in Phuket, Vajira Phuket Hospital Director Dr. Shalimong has confirmed. Phuket property company accountant facing charges for embezzling 33 million Thai baht. An accountant with a Phuket luxury property management firm has been arrested and is facing charges for embezzling 33 million Thai baht on the company's accounts. And finally, police ramp up Sandbox tourist safety. The designated SHA Plus managers at SHA Plus accommodation venues have been instructed to specifically closely monitor the movements of Phuket Sandbox tourists who are elderly or infirm, women traveling alone, girls or single men in the province's efforts to ramp up security for travelers arriving under the Sandbox scheme. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.